This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. He's credited with saying Bryce Canyon is a hell of a place to lose a cow. So I guess he was ranching the area, and sometimes his cows would wander off into the hoodoos. It would also be a hell of a place to lose a child. I think he, I think he had his family down there as well, or a wife. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to lose your wife. That, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Go collect some firewood, sweetie. <laughs> This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories of our travels to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. We are the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. On today's episode, we're taking you to Utah to one of our favorite national parks, Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon might be the smallest of the Utah national parks size-wise, but it has some of the most spectacular scenery you'll find anywhere in Utah, and a lot of things to see and do. That's right, and we'll be sharing our list of these things to see and do in the park as we outline one perfect day in Bryce Canyon National Park. Are we in Utah? Because it looks a little dark and rainy outside for Utah, Karen. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? Yes. Utah is a state of mind, Matt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I wish we were in Utah right now. <laughs> we just have to be there virtually, unfortunately. Virtually? Did you put, put our minds in the state of Utah? Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. We're going to talk about one perfect day in Bryce Canyon. I know. I love Bryce Canyon. We've had many... One perfect days in Bryce Canyon. We're we're experts on this subject. <laughs> and really, one day is all you need in Bryce Canyon. I know some people even stop over for a half day. And if that's all you have, that's good, too. But really, to see the highlights, I think you need one full day. And a lot of people uh, visit this park when they're visiting other parks around it, like Zion and Capitol Reef. And maybe they're going to see all five of the Utah National Park. So... Uh, one day's perfect for this if you're adding it to a whole nother itinerary. Exactly. And I was looking at a map. I was actually mapping it. So if you are in Zion and you want to go from there to Bryce, it's it's just about a two-hour drive to the northeast. And if you're in Capitol Reef and you want to go to Bryce, again, it's about a two-hour drive to the southwest. So it's a great park to sandwich in the middle between visits to Zion and Capitol Reef because I feel like you could easily do these three parks in a week. Oh, and by the way, a big part of that road, if you're going to drive from Zion to Bryce to Capitol Reef, a big part of that drive is Highway 12, which is a scenic byway. So that's that's mm-hmm. a great that's a great road trip just in and of itself. Yeah, the scenery is spectacular all along that drive, all the way from Zion to Bryce to Capitol Reef. So Karen, what exactly is Bryce Canyon? 
Well, I'll tell you what it's not. You know, it's funny that it's named a canyon because it's not a canyon at all. It really isn't. No, it's actually a series of giant natural amphitheaters that sit along the eastern edge of the Ponsagunt Plateau. The (laughs) Ponsagunt Plateau. Did you like how I spelled that out phonetically? Uh (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to have me say that. I was going to I have wasn't you say be able to. I know. I feel like one of our New Year's resolutions should be to perfect our pronunciation on some of these places. No, I'm t- I'm too old for that. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just going to make up the sound of the words as we go, and no one will know the difference. Ponsigan. Ponsigan. Yeah, very good. Ponsigan Plateau. Now, the cool thing about Bryce is Bryce has these uh, rock spires that are called hoodoos, and that is what everyone goes to see. Right. I mean, the hoodoos really are a major feature of the Ponsigan Plateau. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt, how how were those hoodoos formed? Well, they're formed from frost weathering, Karen. (laughs) Not not just any kind of weathering, frost weathering. Uh This is freeze thaw and and Uh the rocks split off because of the freeze and thaw. Uh And some some stream erosion (laughs) of the river and lake bed set (laughs) rocks. Do you want me to just read read the outline? Is that what I'm supposed to do here? No, you're doing just fine on your own. Okay, yeah, stream erosion (laughs) and the river and the lake beds. They're sedimentary rocks to begin with. Right, so they're susceptible to frost weathering. All right, let's just keep going. Thanks thanks for the geology lesson, Matt. But actually, what they look like are um, these spires of red and orange and white rocks that rise up from, from this amphitheater. And just some incredible, spectacular, I might say, amazeballs views. Okay, you can say visitors. that if you want. <laughs> In all seriousness, it is amazing when you first see a hoodoo. Yes. We had traveled quite a bit to the national parks before we ever went to the Bryce area. And when we saw them for the first time, I was amazed that I had you know, lived 50 years and never seen even a picture of, of a hoodoo. They're, they're quite spectacular. They are. Jaw-dropping. Definitely jaw-dropping. If this park is not on your list, it definitely should be because it's um, it's like nothing we've ever seen before, that's for sure. So, Matt, how about a really brief little history channel here about Bryce? You want me to do the history channel? Do you have channel? a second? No, well, I, I can, I'm I can just go sad. make a cup of coffee <laughs> if you have a uh, history channel explanation <laughs> okay. all, all prepared. So, this is the park history, not the history that goes back thousands of years. Back in 1921, Stephen Mather, who was the first director of the National Park Service, he wanted to protect Bryce Canyon. And so, he proposed it as a state park, a Utah state park. And this proposal was accepted by the Utah legislature. However, several years later, when the state had done nothing to develop the area, Mather decided that this area should become a national monument under the management of the U.S. Forest Service. And that's what happened. But then, but wait, uh after that, what happened? I'm getting there. Okay. (laughs) So Bryce Canyon National Monument was originally established in 1923 And then in 1924, the monument's name was changed to Utah National Park, and it was transferred to the National Park Service. Wow. Utah National Park. uh, Yeah. I wonder if that was confusing because of the other Utah National Parks. I don't know. I think that might be one of the reasons that four years later, in 1928, Utah National Park was changed to 
Bryce Canyon National Park. All makes sense now. Mm-hmm. But Matt, why um, why is it called Bryce Canyon? Well, Karen, Ebenezer Bryce used to homestead in this area, mm-hmm. and it's named after him. It used to be called Bryce's Canyon, mm-hmm. and it's no longer Bryce's, nor is it a canyon. Maybe it should be called Utah Amphitheater National Park. Yeah. <laughs> but Ebenezer was a Mormon pioneer who homesteaded there in the 1870s, and he settled right by the amphitheater. Right in that main beautiful section, yeah, right? Yeah, that would be super cool to have to live down there. A tough place to live, It though. would be a tough place to live, It's but super cool with all those hoodoos. Now, he's credited with saying Bryce Canyon is a hell of a place to lose a cow. So I guess he was <laughs> ranching the area, and sometimes his cows would wander off into the hoodoos. Hell of a place to lose a cow. <laughs> is that how he talked? Oh, no. Is that how he <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> it would also be a hell of a place to lose a child. I think he I think he had his family down there as well. Or a wife. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to lose your that, wife. <laughs> that'd be terrible. We're moving to Bryce Canyon. <laughs> to the amphitheater. <laughs> Go collect some firewood, sweetie. <laughs> anyway, that is how Bryce Canyon got its name. Kind of interesting. One of the great things about Bryce is that it has something for everyone. Everyone? Yes, every level of adventurer or non-adventurer. Yeah, I think that's true. This is one of the places where if you do nothing but go to the edge of the rim and look over, kind of like the Grand Canyon, that's worth the drive and the trip right there. Exactly. And there are also scenic drives. There's some strenuous hikes that we're going to talk about. But although we're going to be talking about our version of One Perfect Day in Bryce, you can certainly make your own um, itinerary in your perfect day in Bryce after we uh, give you some of this info here. The park is open year round, but really the busy time is March to October, you know, the the better weather months. It's, it's a crowded park mm-hmm. in high season. We've been there just on like minor holidays and it was packed matter of fact we almost couldn't find a parking spot anywhere in the park so uh yeah it's it's a popular park that's right and it's very compact so everyone is sort of centering in this same area this amphitheater that we're going to talk about in a minute and i remember when we first started going 11 years ago big tour buses would pull up of course this was before COVID, and there would be busloads of French tourists and German tourists and Chinese tourists, and it was just bus after bus. Yeah, it was the United Nations right there yeah. in, at, at Bryce Canyon. Absolutely. I do think now during COVID, obviously, some of those tour buses are not arriving every hour on the hour, so it is a little less, but still a very crowded park. Yeah, later on in this episode, we'll give you a tip, though, as to where to avoid the crowd. Also, I would suggest, we've been to Bryce many, many times. I think one of my favorite visits was when we went in November. It was actually end of November after Thanksgiving. And I think we were probably the only people in the park. Yeah, not not a lot of people there. Uh, the trails were, they weren't completely empty, but felt for a long part of the hikes that we kind of had the place to ourselves. Right. Yeah. And of course, like we always say too, if you go early in the day and you, you beat everybody there, you might find some solitude as well. But there was one time, and it might have been my favorite visit to this park. We were there in January. We were driving to another destination and we had an extra night. So we stopped there and there weren't many people in the park. 
we went in, we did a short hike, we went back to our hotel, spent the night, and in the middle of the night, an, an unforecasted snowstorm happened. Mm-hmm. And gosh, they probably got, I don't know, six to eight inches of snow. So we hurried back to the park first thing in the morning, and it was cool. It was magical. It was one of the coolest sights we've seen in all of our park travel. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes in the snow, it, it can be it can be pretty amazing. Now, you, you got to deal with uh, icy roads and be careful with all of that. And the trails are more treacherous. So we'd suggest if you're going to try to do a winter visit, make sure you have snowshoes and micro spikes because it could be icy. Absolutely. You know, the park sits up at about, well, anywhere from 8,000 to 9,000, actually over 9,000 feet elevation. So they do get some pretty hefty winter storms. And when that happens, usually they close the road just past the mile three marker, uh, just past the amphitheater. So so just note, if you're going in the winter, some of these scenic drives we're going to talk about might not be accessible due to snow and bad weather. But winter is a magical time to go for sure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about park lodging for a minute because usually we put this at the end of an episode, but we're going to be referencing a couple of these places. So I thought we should just talk about this now. My favorite place to stay when visiting Bryce is the Bryce Canyon Lodge. Yeah, that's a beautiful lodge and it's it's hard to get reservations there, but if you have a chance, if you're lucky enough to get a, a reservation, that's definitely a, a place to stay. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. For one thing, um, it's a very cool historic lodge that dates back to 1924. It was designed by master architect Gilbert Stanley Underwood. And of course, you know, he uses all that rustic architecture that was encouraged by the National Park Service back then, what I think has been termed parkitecture. Right. They have cabins there, mm-hmm. kind of standalone cabins. Right. And then they have more traditional motel-type rooms. Mm-hmm. We, we stayed in the cabins one time. Spectacular. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the other great thing about this lodge is it sits just back from the rim. So your access to the amphitheater uh, from the lodge is fantastic. And, you know, you can get up early and watch the sunrise, or you could stay, you know, stay out and watch the sunset or see the night sky. So it's staying there basically on the rim, I don't think there's anything better yeah i think the night sky there is it's a great great place to see stars it's been certified as an international dark sky park that's right. Now, there is also a dining room at, at the Bryce Canyon Lodge. Uh, it is the only place to get a meal inside the park. Now, both the lodge and the dining room are typically open from March through November. So just know if you're there, you know, December through February, you're not going to be able to get food there. Most of the times we've been there, they've had really good pizza. It's, it's a, been a little bit different during the COVID era. They closed the dining room to sit down, but they had it open for takeout, and we got a takeout pizza. It was fantastic. So, you know, depending on where they are in, in the stages of reopening the dining areas. But yeah, that's a great place to get a pizza. And what we do now is a lot of times we just get it to go, and then we drive into the park, find a great place to park the truck, and then sit out in our little lawn chairs and eat pizza right there. In Bryce Canyon. Yeah. I know. It's so much better than a dining room. Now, your other lodging option that's close to the park, in fact, it sits right outside the park entrance, is is an area that's called Bryce Canyon City. <laughs> which, which consists of a couple of motels. What are they, two Best Westerns? 
Yeah, two best Westerns. And it's confusing, right? When you're making your reservations and then showing up. I think one is called Best Western Plus Rubies. And the one across the street is Best Western Plus Bryce Canyon Grand or something like that. So right across the street from each other. Very confusing. Yeah. Ruby is short for Reuben. Back in 1923, Reuben Syrett established a motel called Ruby's Inn as a stopover for Bryce Canyon visitors. And the area has grown from there. It's still run by the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of Reuben. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ruby, yeah. Ruby. It has an old, old-timey old Western show. There's, I, I think they offer horseback rides and, and things like that. So there's, there's other kind of concessionaire stuff right there. Yes, but just note that Bryce Canyon City is not a city. No, no. <laughs> and when we stayed there on our first visit, we were coming from the darling town of Springdale, which is right, you know, right outside Zion National Park. And I was expecting another Springdale. So I have to say I was a little disappointed. It's pretty much a couple of hotel motels, mm-hmm. which, which are perfectly fine. Yeah. We've always had nice rooms and mm-hmm. enjoyable stay there. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of infrastructure. No, I think there are. there's a restaurant attached to each of the hotels. And yeah, like you said, a general store, an RV park, but the location could not be better. Right. If you cannot get a room inside the park at Bryce Canyon Lodge, then I would definitely stay in Bryce Canyon City because you're just right right there at the entrance, basically. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation. Because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. All right, should we talk about One Perfect Day? Yeah, let's talk about One Perfect Day. The first thing I would say that you should do when you go to the park, and this will be a surprise to the people who listen to our (laughs) our podcast, is go to the Visitor Center, Mm -hmm. which opens at 8 Mm a.m. Now, if you want to watch Sunrise, you can skip the Visitor Center and get there earlier, go to to the amphitheater and and watch it. But yeah, I mean, the Visitor Center is where you really want to start your visit to the park, talk to a ranger. Yep. Tell them what you want to do, and they will help you uh, decide what a perfect day is going to be for you. That's right. Also, let's not forget about taking a photo in front of the park sign. Do you remember our experience at the sign during our first visit? I do remember that. That was wild. We pulled into the parking area to get the park sign photo, and as I was setting up the tripod... I heard crackling noise like a fire. I, I didn't really think it was a fire. I, I thought maybe it was like an animal like going through the forest or something. And I climbed up to this little earth berm and looked over and there was a forest fire. No, we were freaking out. Yeah. We had just gotten to Bryce and all of a sudden we thought we discovered that we, we were the first people to spot this forest fire. I, I kind of panicked. I flagged a ranger down. And said, hey, there's a fire there. And he's like, yeah, we know about it. 
We're yeah. just going to let that one burn out. Didn't he say we just let the little ones burn out? Yeah, that still bothered me. I, I, I'm like, no, you need to go put that out. Put the little <laughs> ones out too. I don't know. That was also, what, 10 or 11 years ago. Maybe the urgency or the concern over fires back then weren't like we have now. Because, you know, every summer, the whole West is on fire. Right. And also, we did not know at the time about all the controlled burns and how important it is actually to let all that little scrubby stuff that's growing to, you know, get rid of that in case a big fire comes through. So it was all fine and good. But I remember we about had a heart attack. Right. (laughs) We thought we were doing our civic duty in reporting a fire. Yeah, I wanted a bag or something. You know, for what? Oh, thank you for finding the forest fire. Oh, for saving Bryce Canyon National Park. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry, you were disappointed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we already know about it. Maybe next time. Now, while you're stopping by the visitor center, you can catch the park shuttle. So I wanted to talk about that for a minute. The Bryce Canyon Park Shuttle is not mandatory like it is at Zion. It's optional, but it is tough to find parking spots in, in that amphitheater area. And I know people drive and circle and drive and circle. So one option is taking the shuttle. Yeah, that's right. And and that's a perfectly good option if you're just going to go to the amphitheater. You look over the amphitheater, walk along the rim, hike down into it. I mean, you don't you don't mm-hmm. need your car up there. Right. So parking at the visitor center, taking the shuttle, that's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, it's free with your paid park admission, of course. And the other nice thing about it is there are shuttle stops outside the park in Bryce Canyon City. So if you're staying at one of those hotels, you can leave your car there and just pick it up from one of those shuttle stops. Or you could drive to the visitor center, leave your car there and take the shuttle from there. So just know that that's an option. Again, that does not run all year. Uh, what did I write here? It runs April through October. Yeah, and those other months you don't need the shuttle because you're going to have plenty of parking up by the amphitheater or the other parts of the park that we'll talk about. So after the visitor center, really your first stop should be the amphitheater. That's the key destination in the park. Now, you have a couple of options when you get to the amphitheater. So as you said, Matt, before, if all you want to do is get out of your car and walk to the rim and look over, then by all means, do that. And it's spectacular. If you want a little bit more exercise, uh, you can walk along the rim trail. Now, there's a half mile of it that's paved and and pretty flat that runs from sunrise to sunset point. Or... Or you can hike down into the amphitheater. Right. Just word word of caution. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little steep. Now, the trail is not treacherous. I'm only pointing this out is because you're going to have to hike back up. Right. And, and that's a little <laughs> bit of a workout. But uh, it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. The most popular hike in the park is the – it's called the Queen's Garden Navajo Combination Loop. So you're, you're going down either at sunrise – Point or sunset point, and then coming up at the opposite point. Uh, and what, Matt, that's about uh, It's three? about three miles mm-hmm. and 600 feet of elevation change. So you're essentially, you're, you've got 600 feet of vertical coming up. That's right. And depending on which combination of the trails, and there's a bunch of trails down there, sometimes it's kind of gradual coming up, and in other ways, it's not so gradual. I don't know which way to recommend, uh, clockwise or counterclockwise. No, I, I don't think uh, there's a bad way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think there is either. We've done both, and they were both spectacular. Now, one thing, and you'll need a park map to look at the trail map to kind of understand what I'm talking about, but 
One of the coolest sections of this trail is called Wall Street. And maybe you've seen photos. It's a series of very small, tight, steep switchbacks that go down into the canyon. Yeah, you're you're essentially walking or hiking down through some hoodoos. The walls are are close by and the light is spectacular because you know in in those tight confines the the sunlight is bouncing off all of these red rocks and it's, it's really just very interesting light there's some evergreen trees at the bottom with the the deep green needles against the red it's just a spectacular area it is that's my favorite section of that hike now the only thing is the wall street section is closed in the winter and it's closed sometimes because of rockfall. So you'll have to, you know, check check out the park website and see if it's open. But if it's closed, there is another section of the trail that runs parallel to the Wall Street section, and it's called Two Bridges. So you can come up or go down the Two Bridges section and still do a good-sized loop down there and, and see all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, hiking down into that amphitheater, that's probably the coolest thing to do in the park. I agree. And there are all kinds of beautiful trees and and yeah. shrubs down there. It's not um, it's not a barren landscape at all. So nestled in amongst these incredible hoodoos is a lot of a lot of natural landscaping that almost looks like you know someone planted it there. Yeah. So after you're done with the hike, now you're right there on the edge of the amphitheater, which is where the lodge is. Mm-hmm. So you should go check out the lodge. It is such a beautiful lodge. I know, Matt, you were fascinated by the roof on the lodge. It has this odd, wavy shingle pattern. Yeah, it's really unique. It's like the whole thing is undulating. It is. Yes, it is. It's, I call it a wave pattern. Did you need a dictionary for that word? Are you, you good? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. I know what undulating means. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think it's undulating. I don't, it's not moving. No, it's but it fixed. looks like it is. Yeah. It's, yeah beautiful historic lodge so definitely check out the lodge they have a nice gift shop again you could go in and get lunch get a pizza or you know see what their food offerings are and just take a look at this lodge it's uh it's not to be missed right so that's uh that's another thing you want to do on your perfect day in bryce canyon national park Mm -hmm. now the next thing it kind of depends if you are a person who is looking for more hiking. So we have two options at this point. We're going to talk about a couple more hikes you can do, or you could skip that and move on to the scenic drives. But let's talk about some more hikes first. So this hike isn't secret, but because you just it's just north of the main amphitheater, it gets a lot less foot traffic. The trail is called the Fairyland Loop, and it really is our favorite. Mm -hmm. Now it's Eight miles, and you know it's it's fairly strenuous. I mean, by the time we're done with it, we're we're tired of hiking. Yeah, a lot uh, of up and down. You're going away from the main amphitheater area, and it's just less crowded. Even on a holiday weekend, you're going to find long stretches where you're not going to see anybody else. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons we like it. Yeah, the last time we were there, it was Columbus Day weekend, so the park was crowded, and we did the Fairyland Loop. And I have pictures, Matt, of you on the trail, you know, from far away, and there is not another soul in sight. So we love to get away. We love this loop. Now, the thing is... You can walk along the rim trail to the north and do this without having to get back into your car and driving to another parking area. You could do that. Mm -hmm. Which is what we usually do. Now, you're going to have to budget some time for this eight-mile loop. I'd say, what, at least maybe three hours, depending on how fast you hike? Yeah, a slow-ish walk would be about 
two miles an hour, um, and you got some elevation. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I would say four, four hours. T- so, take water. Yeah, I would definitely take a lot of water. But anyway, again, this is one of our favorites. So we would highly recommend this Fairyland Loop. Now, a shorter hike, if you want to do more, you could continue on the Rim Trail further south of Sunset Point. Yeah, and just just keep going on the Rim Trail mm-hmm. all the way out to Bryce Point. Right. If you're hiking the Rim Trail, the next stop would be Inspiration Point, and that's 0.7 miles past Sunset Point. So you can do that. Now, that's a lot of uphill. Remember we did that? Right. You're going At this point, you're going south. You're going south and you're going up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up, up, up. So that's 0.7 miles if you want to go to Inspiration Point. If you want to hike to Bryce Point... It's another 1.5 miles farther from from Inspiration Point and more uphill. Now, I will point out, too, that you can also drive to these lookouts. We'll talk about that in a second. But if you want more hiking, these are some great hikes with some great views. And the point here is you can just walk along the Rim Trail. These destinations aren't, I mean, the whole thing is a destination. Right. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's great overlooks the whole way. So you can hike as long as you want and then just turn around. If you want to do the whole Rim Trail, it's five and a half miles one way. So one thing you could do, you could drive up to Bryce Point and park your car, hike down to either Sunset or Sunrise Point, and then you could take the shuttle back up to your car. So then you're hiking downhill the whole time. Lots of options. Yeah, no no shortage of options. And this is one of those parks where, honestly, I think every trail is fantastic. Yes. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of times you're in a national park and there's a lot of trails that are kind of off in the middle of nowhere. And, and they're not as, there's not as interesting as some of the, the better trails in the park. This is one of those parks where, like, I, I don't think you can go wrong. No, they're all beautiful. And they all give you a different perspective of the hoodoos and this amazing uh, Bryce Canyon Amphitheater. So let's talk about, now, let's talk about the driving tour. This park is north to south. It's long and skinny. And there's a park road that runs the length of the park. And it's 18 miles from the entrance up in the north up to the end of the road at Rainbow Point. Yeah. This Bryce Canyon Amphitheater area is found along the first three miles. So then the next 15 miles to the road's end, this is called the Southern Scenic Drive. And there are lots of viewpoints along the road where you can pull over and get out of your car and see some spectacular views. One of my favorite stops on the scenic drive is Rainbow Point, because at Rainbow Point, there's a little loop trail where you can see the bristlecone pines. This is an easy trail, and this is one of our favorite things to do in the park. It's less than a mile, this trail, the bristlecone loop. It meanders through this forest up there, and it will take you by some bristlecone pine trees that are up to 1,800 years old. Yeah, it's always spectacular seeing these bristlecone pines, just to know that these trees, how old they are. And they, these aren't even the old, oldest. Bristlecone pines can live up to three, three and a half thousand years old. Yeah. And it's an easy trail. I would, I would highly recommend this to everyone. Also up there at Rainbow Point, once you've parked your car, there is an overlook that's called Yovimpa Point. Again, it's got some great views of the, of the canyon. So check that out. So that's the, that's the end point. And as you're backtracking now, you know, you're making your way back t- towards the front of the park. A couple other great points to stop at are Natural Bridge, Agua Canyon. And then, as we mentioned before, there's uh, Inspiration Point and Bryce Point. Yeah, so a lot, lot of places to pull off. And, and mm-hmm. some of these pull-offs, 
you have to go down a little side road a little bit. It's not they're not right along the scenic drive. Some of them there's a little short road to the lookout. Exactly. And some you do have to walk, you know, just a a very short way, right? I should note, too, that Bryce Point is known as one of the most scenic places to watch the sunrise. We didn't make make it to that point for sunrise. Yeah, we don't. We don't see a lot of sunrises, Karen. <laughs> Only if we're out camping. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm busy trying to find coffee or make coffee. I always admire the people who set their alarm for like 4 a.m. and then they, you know, drive hours and then they hike and they're and they're there for sunrise. We we should be more like that. Yeah, many times you have suggested this. So I I have permission to wake you up at 4 a.m. Like any <laughs> well, any time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, no. It always sounds good until that. until that actual moment, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. But you know what's a good alternative to seeing the sunrise? The sunset. The, the sunset, yeah. That's more our speed. Right. So at the end of this perfect day, now, of course, depending on what month you're there, the, the time of sunset is going to vary by many hours, but we would highly recommend watching the sunset from Sunset Point along that amphitheater. Or any place along the rim. I, I don't think at Sunset Point, that's like the only place you're going to see a, a beautiful sunset. I think you're you're going to see it pretty much anywhere along the rim. I think that's true. And there will be big crowds of people at Sunset Point at sunset. So maybe you want to um, meander further along the rim and find a place that's not quite so crowded. Yeah. And a photography tip is when you're standing on the rim, looking at the amphitheater, you're looking east. And obviously the sun is setting in the west behind your back, but it's the photos towards the east that are spectacular during the sunset. Exactly. The hoodoos, as they're lit up by the setting sun, it's absolutely beautiful. Such a great park. It's, you know, it's such a beloved park. It is. And we've been there, I don't know, maybe 10 times. You know, every six to 12 months, we're ready to go back again and And do all of this stuff again. Yeah. And when we do it, it's like we're doing it for the first time. So yeah, I mean, put this on your rotation. Mm-hmm. Visit Bryce every one, two, three years, and you'll, you'll never get tired of it. Never. And also, again, if you only have a half day, if you only have one hour, drive into the park. It's very accessible. It's not a long drive. Drive into the park, park your car and go look over the rim. It will be worth the little detour that you take for sure. So that's one perfect day. Anything else, Karen, that well, I you do could wanna, do? I do want to mention one other thing. Now, for all of you cave lovers out there. Um, oh, yeah, there's caves? There is a cave. Oh. Now, it's it's not in the section that we just talked about. It's another area but of where the is park. It? It's along Highway 12. There's a pullout where you can park. Uh, Now, the hike to this, um, it's called Mossy Cave. It's just under a mile round trip, 300 feet elevation change. It's easy. I think this is a place where a lot of families take their kids. So, yeah, there you have it. There is also a cave. Great. I'm surprised we haven't done that. I am too, considering how much you love caves. Put that on the list. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like you said it before, there is something for everyone in this park. You got hikes, you got scenery, scenic drives, you got a incredible historic hotel lodge and there's pizza and there's a cave oh yeah and a cave yeah 
So that wraps up our episode about Bryce. In the coming months, for all of you people who are planning your spring and summer Utah trips, we will have some episodes on the other four amazing Utah National Parks. That's right. And probably, I'm sure, in this coming year, other Utah episodes. Yeah, there's so many great things in Utah to talk about. So I know. We love Utah. Yep. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, we really appreciate it if you left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. And also thanks to you who've shopped on our gear and gift guide. Now, we noticed some of the items that we've listed have already sold out. But do you know what's a great gift that never sells out? Our books. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good gift. <laughs> it's the best. You can buy them all on Amazon. And because they're print on demand when you order them, they never sell out. So you can buy as many as you like for friends and family, neighbors, teachers, hostess gifts. I think there's a limit of 1 million copies per customer. Oh, is that what so, it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you want more than that, maybe get a neighbor to order the extras for you. Yes, that's a very good tip. We have our annual holiday trip to a Forest Service cabin in Montana coming up. If you'd like to see photos and videos from that trip, be sure to follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're Matt and Karen Smith. On Twitter, we're Matt and Karen. And on Facebook, we're Dear Bob and S. We'll be back next week with an episode about our Northern Arizona Park itinerary. And we'll take you on an amazing road trip loop through two national parks, a half dozen other National Park Service sites, and a few Navajo tribal parks. Wait, we're taking our listeners with us? This is a virtual (laughs) trip that we're taking them on, right? Yes, Matt. Again, this is Northern Arizona, a state state of of, mind. Northern Arizona is a state of mind. That's right. (laughs) Got it.